One Christmas, because uh, you know, our Christmas uh, tradition, one of them was, uh, you know, we always look forward to our stockings because uh, Santa would put a lot of stuff in our stockings and we liked that. Well, uh, one Christmas, uh, my parents came to us and said, you know, uh, uh, we're going to change it up a little bit this year. We, we wrote a letter to Santa on your behalf and uh, told him not to uh, put anything in your stockings this year. Uh, not because you're bad, but because you're blessed. And you should share your blessings. And, and they said, you know, we, we detect a, a note of uh, maybe ingratitude. And so we want to, we want to help you with that. And so no, no stocking stuff this year. Santa got his letter and we all protested, you know. We went on strike. We organized and went on strike. And uh, to no avail, uh, my brothers and sisters and I, and that's the way it was. And uh, boy, that was hard. And we were so upset. And then Christmas Day comes and uh, think, well, maybe, you know, Santa will still give us something because he thinks we're so awesome. And uh, we come down and look, and there's the gifts under the tree, wonderful. We look at the stockings right away, you know, up above the fireplace, and all of them lined up. And they looked a little thin. And it's like, oh boy. And so we went over and we kind of squeezed them to see if there was anything inside. And there was something in there. And so we're like, oh, it, it feels like they're a little round, and, you know, and so may, maybe it's like money. Maybe my parents called him up at the last minute and said, yeah, we changed our minds, and I know you don't have any time, but Santa says, well, that's, that's all right. I'll just, I'll take the money, and I'll just, and so I'll, I'll throw it in there. Well, we dump it, and, and you wouldn't believe what it was. It was the, this nasty, hard candy, you know, that kind of stuff that uh, it, it sits in a, in a dish at the end of your grandma's couch. <laughs> that kind of stuff all sticks together. That kind of, or the or the stuff you find at the the bottom of your mom's purse that's been there for like ten years. That's what it was. We were just appalled. It's like how how could how could Santa how could our parents do this to us? But we were being reminded, and it was a great lesson. Uh, we were blessed, but we were ungrate ungrateful. And from that point on, then. Uh, you know, because you know, the money that uh, Santa would have used to, to buy our stocking stuffers, he then went and donated to uh, uh, this group that our parents told him to give it to, the Wally Phillips, Wally Phillips Neediest Children's Fund. It was this radio personality in Chicago. And so every year after that, we would give her, we would tell Santa, give the money to him. Give it to the poor kids, because we're blessed and we don't need it. It became part of our thing. We never got stocking, stocking stuffers after that. It was okay. And, and so, brothers and sisters, you're, you're blessed. You're so blessed. But are we so ungrateful sometimes? Now, you look at Elijah in the first reading, First Kings. One of my favorite readings in all scripture, uh, favorite personages too. Elijah's awesome because God calls him to do this really tough work. He's living at a time when the king and queen of Israel, uh, Ahab and Jezebel, are apostates. They've fallen over into false worship. They're worshiping these terrible gods, the gods of Baal. And, you know, they do human sacrifices, terrible things. And, and 
And so Elijah sent to prophesy against them. And it gets tense. And so Elijah says, let's have a contest. You take your hundred prophets to the God of Baal, and then me. You're the, the, the God of Baal, you know, if, he, if he's victorious, all right, then I die. If, if I win, then they die. And so you remember they, they do that thing where they build this altar and they put an animal on it. And they just douse it with water till the trench around it is just completely filled. And, and whoever, whichever God consumes it wins. And so the, God Baal, the, 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 the prophets of the God Baal, they're out there dancing and hours and hours and going into like an ecstatic frenzy and they're cutting themselves. There's blood all over the place and, and, and nothing happens. Hours of this. And then, and then Elijah gets up. And he says, oh, we love, you know, oh, Yahweh, great are you. And this lightning bolt comes out and, and consumes the sacrifice in great fire and uh, laps, you know, laps up and evaporates all the water, burns it off. And so Elijah wins. And so his, he gets to the victor go to spoil. So he takes all the prophets of the god Baal down to the brook Kidron and he slits their throat and kills them all. It's fantastic. He just loves that. That's great stuff. And... And so, but he's afraid now because now Queen Jezebel is really angry because all her prophets got killed by, by Elijah. So he takes off into the desert and he's sick and tired of it. He's like, I didn't sign up for this. And I had my job and I was happy and all of a sudden God calls me and tells me to do something else and I do it and, and look what I get for it. I'm doing these crazy contests and you know, I'm having to kill all these prophets and now, you know, the... I, you know, as he said, he goes, Lord, I am zealous for your house, but they have torn down your altars, they have killed your priests, and now they seek my life. And, and so he runs off in the desert to hide. He's, he's sick and tired. He says, I've had it. I'm done. It's over. And he just lays down the ground. He says, I'm dead. I'm just going to die. Take me now. I've had it. And he passes out or falls asleep or whatever he does. And then the angel comes and taps him and says, get up. You're not done. Eat the, eat the bread, take the bread, and get back to work. So he takes the bread, and he goes back to sleep. Angel comes again. Eat the bread, and get back to work. So Elijah eats the bread, and he finally gets up, and he goes back, and he does his job. He goes back, and he goes back to defeat the power of evil, and you know, Jezebel, and Ahab, and he does fine work with them, too. That's another story. But it got me thinking. Do you remember in... The Lord of the Rings, uh, you've got uh, Frodo and Sam, Samwise, Gamgee, and they're, they're friends from the Shire. And uh, inexplicably, they've been called on to go and do this great thing, which is what? To, to take the great ring of power and to bring it to Mount Doom where it was forged and to destroy it. And meanwhile, all the forces of evil, Sauron and his minions and the orcs and the spiders and all the great things that uh, moments of, of the trilogy uh, are against them, and they have to do battle. And they're exhausted. And Frodo's like, I didn't, what, why has this come to me? Why did the ring come to me? I'm, I, I'm nothing. And he's tired and he's, he just, he can't do it anymore. And so remember what, what Sam, his friend, does for him? He said, don't forget, Lady Galadriel gave us this great gift, in which, which one of the gifts was 
uh, the Lambas bread. It was white, and as, as Tolkien said, it was, it was, it was uh, made of uh, a thin whiteness, and it had the, had the odor of the forest and the beauty of the lady. Now, uh, and he even said later that that was for him an image of the Eucharist. And all Sam and, and Frodo had to do was eat it. And, that, that, and eat it just in the morning, and it would be enough to sustain them for the day. Their daily bread. Take the bread, eat it, and get back to work, in other words. You've got lots of work to do. Brothers and sisters, yes, life is hard. The world is crazy. You know, all the, the just insane things that are going on out there. Most of which are arrayed against Christ and his church. And, and you have been called by God to be his workers, his witnesses, his prophets, his evangelists, his, his workers. And you're tired. And you think, I'm nothing. You're like Frodo. I'm just a, a little shireling. What am I supposed to do? Well, what you're supposed to do is take the bread and get back to work. Stop complaining. What, what is, you know, Elijah, what is he doing? He's murmuring. What is murmuring about? Murmuring is always a sign of ingratitude. Whenever we complain, it's a sign of ingratitude. Have you complained today about anything? Probably. What did you complain about? I don't want to go to Mass. I don't like what's for dinner. I don't want to take out the garbage. Why can't I play my video games? I don't want to go to school tomorrow. Honey, why don't you pick up your socks? Whatever it is. Ingratitude. Complaining is ingratitude. Stop complaining, Jesus tells us. All you need is what I'm going to give you, myself. See, this is where we get caught. We look at the Eucharist, the bread, the Lambus bread par excellence, the, uh, the, the hearth cake par excellence of Elijah. And it's like, well, but we know him. Isn't that Joseph's son? Why is, why is he so special? Ingratitude. And they murmured. They complained. We've got these ideas. Well, if I just could do it my way, if I could just have it this way, or if I go and do this, or it's all, if I could be in charge, if I could be in control, hey. But that's not how the world works. It never has, it never will. Get over it. Stop complaining. Take the bread and get back to work. Stop murmuring among yourselves. And every single one of us today has probably done it. Because we're in our hearts so capable of ingratitude. See, God gives us today, tonight, and it's why you're here, the best thing he can give us. He's an infinite God. He gives us an infinite gift. There's nothing better that he can give us than he is about to give you tonight himself, Jesus. And we complain. Take the bread and get back to work. Stop complaining. Let him take care of you. There's nothing better that God can give you than the gift he is about to give you tonight. 
And that gift answers every question, settles every dispute, heals every wound, fulfills every single desire of your heart. Why are we complaining? Ah, it's Joseph's son. We know him. Maybe I can do better myself. Whatever it is, stop it. That's what the Lord tells us. You know, brothers and sisters, uh, on that back table is a, a thing of bread and a, and a thing of wine. That bread and that wine, those gifts, your, are your gifts. That's you. And that dish and that little cruet is your gratitude, it's your marriages, it's your kids, it's your jobs. It's your fed-upness. It's you saying, Lord, I didn't sign up for this. I can't go one more day. I'm done. I'm spent. Take me now. It's that. It's, it's your struggles. It's your confusion. It's your anxiety. It's your fear. It's, it's the stuff we have to deal with when we, when we leave this place tonight. It's your money. It's your fertility. It's your sexuality. It's your home. It's everything. That's you. And you're going to give that to Jesus tonight. He's going to take it. And he's going to like speak the words over it that he said at the Last Supper. He's going to speak those words. And he's going to take you and turn it into himself. And then, because it's all about gratitude, we're going to offer that gift to the Father in thanksgiving. Eucharist means thanksgiving. We're going to say, thank you, God. We're going to give God ourselves that Jesus has turned into himself because Jesus is the only worthy gift. And offer to the Father. You know what happens? The Father says, hey, thanks. Now, I'm going to give it back to you. And you get to eat it. Take the bread and get back to work. Stop complaining. Because here it is. Your stockings are full. And what looks to you like that hard, sticky candy at the end of your grandma's couch is really that which has changed by virtue of this miracle of the Mass tonight into the only gift that is going to save us. Jesus himself. Thank you, God. Thank you. Amen? All right, let's stand and pray.